This podcast is produced by members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is not an official podcast of the church. All thoughts, opinions, and views expressed are strictly those of the authors and speakers. I believe in Christ. He is my King. All my heart to Him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand amens my tongue employ. I believe in Christ. Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Conrad Southworth. This is the podcast where I talk about the Come Follow Me lesson for individuals and families from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as cover church news for the past week. And uh, yeah, so we talk about that here. This is episode 31, um, which will cover Romans chapters 1 through 6 and uh, for the dates August 5th through 11th. Uh, subtitled The Power of God Unto Salvation. Um, yeah, so if you want to check out my website, you can go to ibelieveinchrist.net or email me podcast at ibelieveinchrist.net. Uh, you can go like the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just search I Believe in Christ podcast or if you're on Twitter at I Believe underscore pod. Um, if you'd like to help me with any of my hosting fees and stuff for doing the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash I believe in Christ and you can donate there um, the music on the episode is from Colobite like always and you can go check them out um, on Spotify or SoundCloud or anywhere else um, he is uh, he is starting a website I think it's colobitemusic.com but it is not up yet but you'll be able to check him out there soon um, but yeah that's pretty much it for the introduction um, from here, we'll move over to the church news for the week, and then after that, the lesson. I believe in Christ, my Lord, my God. My feet he plants on gospel songs. All right, so uh, first and foremost, and I know this isn't necessarily like Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints news, but it is news, and it was pretty devastating, and I think it affects everyone, but there were two mass shootings that happened uh, this past weekend, one in El Paso, Texas, and one in Dayton, Ohio, left 31 dead and about 50 injured. So um, I'm sure you've heard about this. Um, there's been tons of new news coverage and things going on, but um, I just wanted to, to quickly cover it. And just if you're listening to the podcast, just pause it, take a second uh, and just say a prayer for those that were affected by this and uh, the families of those uh, that were injured or um, that lost their lives from this uh, incident. So, um, yeah, just take a second. Uh, if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, just say a quick prayer for them. Um, yeah. Um, uh, in other news, though, um, so moving on from that, um, and that just is terrible, but, um, the, in, in more specific to church news, sorry, it's hard to like, Hey, this is a super, you know, bad thing that happened and moving on. I don't know how newscasters do it anyway. Um, moving on elder Bednar, uh, throws the perfect first pitch at Houston Astros, Apollo 11 moon landing game. So we have another apostle out on the pitching mound, throwing a first pitch, um, for a baseball game. This was Monday, July 22nd. 
I believe. Uh, it says the catcher was former MLB pitcher Jeremy Guthrie, who now serves as the Texas Houston South Mission President, one of three missions in the Houston area. Um, so yeah, you can go check out the the video and the coverage from that uh, pitch by an apostle of the Lord. Uh, next, there are free family history classes and webinars for the month of August 2019. Um, so if you are interested in learning more about doing family history and uh, you know how you can serve in that regard, uh, you can head over to um, the family sorry family search or to the church's website and look at news and you'll see it there. Um, but yeah, just a bunch of webinars that you can go attend to, uh, you know, get better at doing uh, family search stuff and finding your ancestors. Uh, the groundbreaking was announced for the Belém Brazil Temple. I probably said that wrong. Uh, so that'll be August 17th. Um, so this month, the groundbreaking will take place. And it will be done by Elder Elder Marcos A. Oh man, Edu. <laughs> I can't say his last name. Edu something like that. President of the Brazil area. He will preside at the groundbreaking. Um, so the construction started in April 2016. General conference. Oh, sorry, that was when it was announced. Was the April 2016 general conference. So um, yeah, that one's done. Groundbreaking taking place. Or sorry, not done. The groundbreaking is taking place, so they're going to start working on it. Uh, getting a little ahead of myself. Anyway, uh, moving on, the church announced the 2020 theme for youth for next year, which will be First uh, Nephi chapter 3, verse 7, um, focusing on the words, I, uh, go and do, um, which scripture says, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded, for I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he commandeth them. Um, so go and do will be the uh, 2020 uh, youth theme. And additional uh, instruction will be coming with the uh, November 17th face-to-face -face for children and youth with Elder Garrett W. Gong of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And then lastly, uh, Latter-day Saints around the world. So country newsroom website, uh, just a little collection of a lot of things going on around the world. Um, so it says in the Philippines, the, the church helps more than 1,500 survivors of the Cebu fire. Um, probably saying that wrong, but uh, it says Latter-day Saint charities and local members of the church pack sleeping bags, noodles, canned goods, powdered milk, and rice for more than 1,500 survivors in Cebu, Philippines. A June blaze consumed 500 homes, causing people to seek shelter at the Cebu or Cebu or something International Convention Center. Uh, let's see here. So moving on, it says here that in Cambodia, um, people knitted hats for newborns uh, that were donated for uh, newborns. And it says, let's see here. In Colombia, the National Day of Religious Freedom, celebrated by the country's president, uh, met with 130 people, including Latter-day Saint leaders, to raise awareness of the need to strengthen religious freedom in Colombia. And in Mexico, young Latter-day Saints in uh, Cuatla, Cuat I can't say any of these. 
so it says they serve the community, young members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, join forces with community and organization leaders to clean up the river that runs through Cuatla More Morelos. Yeah. So anyway, so they uh, a bunch of youth from the church got together and cleaned up and helped, uh, yeah, make it clean. Um, let's see. In Japan, the order... Uh, Order of the Sacred Treasure was given to a Latter-day Saint. Um, so it says a former leader of the church in Japan was awarded the Order of the Sacred Treasure by His Excellency the Emperor of Japan. The award was presented uh, posthumously for meritorious service over his 27-year career as a heart surgeon, hospital administrator in Kumamoto and Miyazaki and his service to his Japan or citizens of Japan. And so that was presented to Dr. Yoroyoshu Nakamura. I think I did better with those than the, than the other names anyway. Um, so this, uh, Latter-day Saint was, uh, Dr. Nakamura began his career as a heart surgeon in Kumamoto in 1961, where he began research on artificial hearts and uh, very prestigious life dedicated to helping people. And um, yeah, a lot that he's done. So he was prevent presented with this award. I'm saying he, but I'm pretty sure it's a she. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay, so I'm pretty sure it's a she. And he was uh, the emperor of Japan is a him that presented her this award. But I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of confusing. Sorry. Very poorly reported on, on my part, but, uh, it's kind of confusing to read, especially with all these foreign words to me that most of them I probably mispronounced. Let's just move on. All right. In Guatemala, missionaries paint colorful joy, peace, and harmony mural. Uh, Latter-day Saints missionaries recently painted an outside mural, uh, designed by artist Diana Sofia Zea. Uh, muralist of the Municipal uh, Directorate for Women. Uh, Say explained that the mural represents the women of the area who express the importance of the family in aspects of life, such as joy, peace, and harmony. So a pretty cool uh, mural that they, they painted um, that uh, this designer put together. Uh, let's see here. And then... In Indonesia, Latter-day Saint youth gain greater gospel insights. It says youth in the Church of Jesus Christ are given the opportunity during their time off from school to come together in a conference where they have fun, perform service, and learn more about what they believe, such as such was the case in Indonesia recently. More than 200 Latter-day Saint youth, 14 to 18 years of age, uh, from many parts of Indonesia, participated in the Strength of Youth Conference. And it says go over to... Indonesia newsroom to learn more about that. But that is it for the church news this week. So um, I apologize for the mispronunciations, but names are hard. And uh, yeah, anyway, so that is it for the church news. And um, yeah, we'll move on to the, the lesson for the week, Romans 1 through 6. The power of God unto salvation. In his eternal court. 
so um, for the lesson, and real quick, I can hear myself clicking as I was just playing back some of that, and so I apologize. Usually I'm like using a trackpad and it's pretty silent, but if you hear a bunch of clicking, hopefully it doesn't drive you crazy. If you don't hear it, then usually that's what happens. Uh, we'll just move on. Anyway, the lesson this week is Romans 1 through 6, uh, the power of God into salvation. So we're getting into the epistles of Paul. Um, these epistles are letters, basically, um, basically just doctrine that Paul wrote down and sent to, um, in this case, the Romans. Um, so the, the, the manual here goes through a little bit of it, talking about what the epistles are and how they're organized, um, which is good. So it just talks about that they're basically not in uh, chronological order and they're just organized by the longest first to the shortest at the end. So that's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, it says to see the dictionary uh, Pauline epistles for more information about the epistles. So you can go check that out in the Bible dictionary. And then it actually talks about all the epistles and then goes through them individually and gives more information about them. So, oh, sorry, I forgot to grab some stuff out of this drawer. Uh, let's talk about other things. So, um, oh man, if I can get to the right spot here. So, um, the epistle to the Romans was just that. It was a letter written to the Romans, um, to the, the members of the church at the time who were in Rome, which was kind of like the capital city. And um, each of these epistles, if you, um, which I think it talks about in the Bible dictionary, but um, it uh, talks about how basically if you line this up, you'll see that each, um, if you go chronologically, that you'll see the, the things that were kind of plaguing the church um, at the time. And um, when he wrote to the Romans, uh, there were certain things that the Roman, the people of the church in Rome were doing at the time that he was writing to them to kind of, hey, knock it off. Like, this is the doctrine. And a lot of it revolves around the law of Moses or believing that salvation came through um, obedience to the law of Moses, which we'll get into um, a little later. Um, so some of the things that stood out to me here as I was studying, it says that um, Paul was not writing to all the Romans, but to the members of the church in Rome who were baptized, given the gift of the Holy Ghost, and, and had an understanding on the basic uh, gospel principles. It says, um, much, of, um, much of the epistle is Paul's persuasive argument against Jewish Christians who believed that it was necessary to live the law of Moses. He taught that the law of the gospel replaced the law of Moses and explained that if it were required to that everyone keep the full law in order to receive God's blessings, that everyone would fall short. Not one except Jesus Christ has lived or will live a sinless life. And it goes on to say that Paul pointed out, uh, says Paul, uh, sorry, Paul pointed out that the only way to become right with the law, uh, and this says right, he uses the word justified, and says is to exercise faith in the Lord, repent of our sins, and strive to keep the commandments. Paul included his testimony that through the power and grace of Jesus Christ, each of us can become clean and worthy to become joint heirs with the Savior, receiving all that the Father has. And so uh, it says there, uh, through the power and grace, and these chapters cover a lot about grace, and there's a lot of material uh, regarding grace that we'll talk about um, as we move through chapters 
one through six. Um, so the first section, like I said, is what are the epistles and how are they organized? And then um, after that, it says, when I show faith in the Savior by keeping his commandments, I am justified through his grace. So like I said, grace is a lot of what is talked about here. And um, there are quite a few talks that are referenced throughout this um, the, this lesson, three or four, I believe. Um, actually, one of them is an Enzyme article from, at the time, uh, Elder Christofferson of the 70, now the Apostle. Um, but it talks a lot about grace and how grace comes into, um, basically comes into play with our salvation and um, how we use that grace. Um, so I, these are kind of long, but there was a lot of good excerpts, excerpts, however you say it, uh, from these talks. And so um, from Elder Christofferson's uh, Enzyme article from 2001, uh, justification and sanctification is the title. It talks about just that, uh, just being justified and sanctified um, by the grace of Jesus Christ. And so um, in it, he says, and, and this article, I mean, it was, I think it's like five pages or something, but it was very worth the read. And I recommend uh, definitely uh, pulling that up on the church's website, unless you have a 2001 um, June 2001 enzyme line around. I'd be impressed if you did. Um, but it says, uh, thus it is not that we earn these gifts, uh, but rather that we choose to seek and accept justification and sanctification. Since the Savior paid for our sins and satisfied justice for us, we become debtors to him rather than to justice. We must therefore meet the stipulations he has established for forgiveness and cleansing. Otherwise, he withdraws his proffered mediation, and we are left to deal alone with the demands of justice. Lacking the means to become pure, one must choose Christ to receive what Christ offers. Um, and then he goes on to say, justification and sanctification are accompanied by the grace of Christ, by the grace of Christ which grace is a gift to, to man based on faith. But our moral agency is also a necessary element in the this divine process. We must will to repent and act to repent. We must elect to be baptized and receive the, the Holy Ghost, and we must elect to remain loyal to our covenants thereafter. To receive the gift, we, we must act in the manner he has ordained. Um, to be classed among the truly penitent, random acts of obedience will not be adequate. We must properly enter into the covenants and persist in keeping them to the point that our expectation of salvation is affirmed by the Holy Spirit of promise. It is not simply the promise of obedience in our contracts with deity that brings grace, but the performance of our promises. For not the hearers of the law are just, are ju are just before God, uh, but the doers of the law shall be justified. That's Romans 2.13. So like I said, that was pretty uh, lengthy. But here we're talking about uh, where, how grace is a gift from God, but how we tap into that gift and how we use it um, basically for our salvation. And it comes through faith in Jesus Christ and by uh, obedience to the laws that God has put in place for us. Um, so justification, being justified uh, by grace 
is something we can take part in and then being sanctified through obedience um, from the laws of God. So um, I'm not doing the article justice here, but go check it out and read it. Um, definitely a uh, Elder D. Todd Christofferson talk. I could just hear his voice the whole time I was reading it. Um, the way that it's put together is um, very impressive, of course. Um, anyway, moving on. So the manual talks about the law. Um, it goes into details about circumcision and uncircumcision, about how we, um, how the people uh, at, that he's writing to basically um, believe that obedience to the law of Moses is how salvation comes. And he's telling them that Abraham wasn't uh, circumcised and yet he was an obedient man. And he, like all of the blessings basically rest on the seed of Abraham. And so he's just talking about how it's not our actions that, um, that save us, but it's our, the faith in Jesus Christ. Um, that's how we tap into this grace of God. So he talks about the law, circumcision and uncircumcision, uh, justification, justify or justified, and then grace. Um, and it says grace is divine, uh, help or strength given through the bounteous mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Uh, it says, we do not earn grace through our efforts. Rather, it is grace that is given that gives us strength and assistance to do good works that we otherwise would not be able to maintain. Um, so it says, see the Bible dictionary under grace. And then there's another talk or uh, Enzyme article listed here from the April 2015th General Conference by Elder Uchtdorf, The Gift of Grace. Uh, this is another very great talk. Definitely check it out. Um, listen to it for this lesson. Um, it said, uh, he goes in to talk about how uh, the gift of grace unlocks the gate of heaven and it opens the windows of heaven. And so there's different ways that it does that. Um, but he goes on, uh, Elder Uchtdorf goes on to say, but, th but the grace of God does not merely restore us to a previous uh, innocent state. If salvation means only erasing our mistakes and sins, then salvation, as wonderful as it is, does not fulfill the Father's aspirations for us. He his aim is much higher. He wants his sons and daughters to become like him. So he's saying that, um, to give some, I, I enjoyed this uh, quote from his talk, but he's talking about how uh, through grace we're sanctified and justified by Jesus Christ, but uh, we don't only want to be basically brought back into uh, Christ's presence that, uh, Heavenly Father has higher aspirations for us. Uh, so, um, he wants us to become like him and through his grace that also becomes possible. Uh, Elder Uchtdorf goes on to say, throughout our lives, God's grace bestows temporal blessings and spiritual gifts that magnify our abilities and enrich our lives. His grace refines us. His grace helps us become our best selves. Um, so like I said, another great talk, um, definitely check that one out as you're studying this lesson and these two talks, uh, together, I think do a fantastic job, uh, defining and refining, uh, what grace is and how we can, uh, use grace in our lives to become better. Uh, and so, um, if you have any, you know, if grace is on some, one of the, the gospel topics that you're looking to study or something, I definitely include, uh, these two, these two talks. Uh, the next section says my outward actions must reflect and increase my inner conversion. Um, so it is by obedience to God's laws 
and not our outward actions, that conversion comes. And so uh, it says here that Paul's teaching shows that some of the Jewish Christians in Rome still believe that obedience to the rites and rituals of the law of Moses alone brought salvation. This may seem like a problem that doesn't apply anymore, but, you know, it does. Um, not specifically the law of Moses, of course, but um, that people think that, well, I go to church every Sunday, so I'm being obedient. But it's an internal conversion that we have to keep converting and uh, continually, you know, stepping, moving towards Christ for that conversion to take place. And it's not just these outward actions. Um, so, um, and of course, this one uh, lists, or, uh, references a talk by Elder Oaks, The Challenge to Become. And so uh, this is another great talk, um, of course, but this one is from the 2000, oh, what was it, October 2000 General Conference, um, where uh, President Oaks gives this talk. And in here, he says, the final judgment is not just an evaluation of a sum total of good and evil acts. What we have done, or sorry, good and evil acts, what we have done. It is an acknowledgement of the final effect of our acts and thoughts, what we have become. I did a really poor job reading that. Um, let me try that again. The final judgment is not just an evaluation of a sum total of good and evil acts, what we have done, it is an acknowledgement of the final effect of our acts and thoughts, what we have become. So it's not what we've done, it's what we have become. Um, he talks about the uh, parable of the workers in the vineyard. I think there's a different name for it. But basically, uh, the master of the vineyard hires some workers in the, in the morning, in the evening, or in the afternoon, in the evening, and then like right before the vineyard's going to they're going to stop working on the vineyard and he pays everyone the same price. And so um, the parable talks about how it's not how long or, you know, what we were doing, basically the work we performed that matters, but it's um, what we became at the end of the day, like, you know, at the end, who, who we have become. Um, so Elder Oaks goes on to say, it is not enough for anyone to just go through the, motion, the motions. The commandments, ordinances, and covenants of the gospel are not a list of deposits required to be made in some heavenly account. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a plan that shows us how to become what our Heavenly Father desires us to become. And so, um, I don't know, this one just makes me think a lot about, um, you know, faith without works is dead, uh, on the one hand, and then other people, um, you know, in the scriptures it talks about here that you know, uh, it is through the grace of Jesus Christ that we're saved. And so, um, you have these things on both hands and they really work hand in hand together. And this talk along with the other two, uh, that I talked about, I think all three of these are just going to bring it right into, um, clarity. If you have any, uh, questions or issues with any of that doctrine. Um, the next section says through Jesus Christ, I can be forgiven of my sins and so um, it says some people may feel discouraged at Paul's bold declaration um, in Romans 3.10, where he says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Um, but throughout reading these scriptures, you'll see that it is through uh, faith in Jesus Christ and through um, obedience to the, uh, uh, to the commandments that we can be forgiven of our sins. And um, that is all necessary. And it's not through works and obedience to the laws that we receive forgiveness for, for our sins. It's only through the atonement. Um, there was a, 
Um, a little excerpt here from Elder... Oh, right here, sorry. Um, from then Elder Nelson, now President Nelson. Uh, it says, Russell M. Nelson says, um, we should try to comprehend the meaning of the atonement. Before we can comprehend it, though, we must understand the fall of Adam. And so as this... Uh, these sections go on to talk it, um, or sorry, go as these chapters, oof, as you read through them, you'll see that it talks about the fall of Adam and how important, uh, or how it was basically one man partaking of the fruit that caused the fall and that every man would be, uh, the sin was introduced and every man, and every man would sin after that. And then it is by one man, Jesus Christ, uh, performing the atonement that we're able to um, basically repent of these sins and have that all uh, wiped away and be made clean. And so um, there is some some good uh, scriptures in here and symbolism about that as you read through it. Um, let's see what else I had here in reference to these scriptures. Um, the last section says, The gospel of Jesus Christ invites me to walk in newness of life. And so... Um, it talks a lot about uh, this. These chapters do about the new, the new covenant, and how um, basically this is like the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not the law of Moses, um, which was needed for the people at that time, but this is, you know, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, and it is through obedience to these laws, basically the commandments of God, um, and it's not by any actions that we do, um, that man can be saved. Um, and so there was one other section here, um, where it's talking about this epistle, um, that I wanted to, uh, get to. And it says, um, basically in, in these, um, sorry, in this epistle to the Romans, um, about becoming saints. Um, so it says, we become saints as we enter into the covenant of baptism and receive the Holy ghost. We change because we are conver converted to Jesus Christ and his gospel. We take upon us the name of Jesus Christ, and because of this, we should think and act differently. We become a saint as described by King Benjamin. He yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord and becometh as a child submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things, which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, as a child doth submit to his father. This is the process of becoming uh, not, an, not it's not an event, it's a process, basically. Um, and that uh, scripture was Mosiah 319. Um, but as I was studying this, and uh, I came across this in one of these manuals that I study from, uh, unlocking or commentary on the New Testament, um, I really like this scripture from Mosiah 319 and how it talks about the process of becoming a saint. And, um, it goes a lot in what, uh, in line with what, uh, this epistle to the Romans, what Paul was trying to say to the Romans, that it is through, um, these things that King Benjamin says, uh, let me read him again. Uh, it says, put off, off the natural man and you become a saint through the atonement of Christ uh, sorry, the atonement of Christ the Lord. And he says, become as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things, uh, which the Lord see fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. 
um, I feel like that's a real challenge for um, many of us to submit to uh, anything that the Lord sees fit to bestow upon us and then to become submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love. Um, these are all steps and a process that uh, we should all be working towards to become, as uh, as it says, a saint. Um, so you can you can go read Mosiah three nineteen and do a, like a personal saint checkup, I guess, and see if you're close. Just kidding. Um, no, but definitely um, good goals to be working towards. Uh, the ideas for family and scripture study for or for family scripture study and family home evening uh, talks about how um, Romans one chapter sixteen seventeen uh, says I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, this is, you know, Paul writing to the Romans, uh, basically declaring I'm, he's not ashamed of the gospel. And so it says to talk about how we can show in today's world that we are not ashamed of Jesus Christ, um, and of his gospel. So you can talk about that with your family, with your friends, uh, with your kids and, and ways that you can show that you're not ashamed of the gospel. Um, I think that it is uh, a good thing to talk about and a good thing to know. Um, I feel like it's hard to differentiate from being ashamed and not trying to shove the gospel in people's faces and be respectful to them. So maybe you can talk about uh, ways that you can be respectful to other people's beliefs while at the same time, you know, not being ashamed of the gospel. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Um, so a few other sections here. Uh, the ask uh, questions as you study or sorry, the improving personal study says, ask questions as you study. And it says, as you study the scriptures, questions may come to mind, ponder these questions and look for answers. Um, so definitely write these things down. Um, and then you can come back and look at, you know, the questions that you've written down, or maybe ideas of things you had to study and come back and study those things. Um, anyway, that's it for the lesson this week. Hopefully that jumbled mess made sense. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's lesson 31. Uh, we're moving right along. So um, be sure to listen to next week. We'll go through the next lesson and uh, have a good week, guys. Thanks. From him I'll gain my fondest dream And while I strive through grief and pain His voice is heard, ye shall obtain I believe in Christ, so come what may With him I'll stand in that great day When on this earth he comes again among the sons of men.